Man, so uh, so check this out, man. <laughs> oh shit! Shut up. Just, just just listen. We've been gone for a minute, man. You over here just 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 listen. You go live already. Why y'all always see? This is part. This is part of the. This is part of the dilemma. Every time I start talking, you always got to give me some bullshit. Because like, I'm nervous, man. I'm. Shut hell up. So so check this out, man. One of the homies, right? He had a an episode that has uh, scarred his his auntie for life and i only know this because i talked to the man and i know his auntie personally right so him and his girlfriend oh i guess the fiance at this time right they're into doing some interesting things to spice up their marriage and all that other stuff and they've recently begun uh recording some of these episodes Right. Okay, now you got my interest, bro. Come on. <laughs> see, is, you see, this is the, that's this is why dealing with you is just a, it's a handful. So we decided to start recording some of the episodes, right? And they're in the house chilling. The auntie comes over to come visit, chill. She's from maybe a couple towns away or whatever, so it's it's not like it's a quick trip for her. I'll just put it that way. So she came to stay, stay over the night and handle some business or whatever. So she stayed the night. So. They're all chilling the next day, and I'm on edge my seat with this shit. Go ahead. <laughs> so he's talking to his wife or whatever, and they're talking about the other night's escapades. Now they recorded and this, that, and the other. So she says, "All right, why don't you send me the recording?" So he's like, "Okay." So he tries to send her the recording. Now we have oh, Mac. Right? Yeah. You have a Mac. Phil has I a Mac. A I Mac, have a Mac. Bro. So you know there's that AirPlay or AirDrop or whatever. AirDrop, bro. Yeah, yeah so AirDrop. So listen. So the AirDrop, his wife's joint just says iPhone. His aunt's joint also says iPhone. Ladies so and gentlemen, this has been the End of Black Podcast. We will catch you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's like, all right, I'm going to drop the drink to you. Her phone wasn't on. His auntie's phone was on, though. So iPhone showed up in his airdrop menu. And the motherfucker sent the jump to his aunt. So he's downstairs thinking he sent the video to his wife. And he sent it to his aunt. And his aunt was like, Hey, baby, come upstairs real quick. Let me talk to you. Hold on. Now, this story can go a hundred different directions now. I'm dying to see which way it takes. Which she way does just, it go? She just called him upstairs. It was like, you nasty little freak. Is this the type of shit that you be doing? Oh, nah, that's, that's, that's not I was going to say, I, the auntie might have been like, yo, when, you know. <laughs> uh, he's like, like where you learn that? Where you learn that? <laughs> <laughs> How could I be that? <laughs> it, it was like, a, it, but come on, my guy. It was like a video of this man eating his, his girl's butt. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hey, that's, what you, oh, that's what your auntie's oh, needs, my guy. That's what your auntie's oh, needs. That's how, your, that's, how, that's how you want your auntie to be. Yo, your auntie's never eating there again. 
Oh, oh my God, bro. He said that she texted. She. He said that she texted him like three days after the come fact. On, he said, the next time I come to your house, I'm bringing my own cup. I'm bringing my own cup <laughs> because I will never. I ain't even shaking a hand no more. <laughs> no more hugs. No nothing. <laughs> my guy. Damn. But I tell you, I I could, was you know, crying. I could dig it though. I've. I've I understand how people hey, make the Phil. mistake of sending the wrong thing. Phil, Phil seems I, traumatized in a mother I, right yeah, now, yeah, my God. No, no, it's so important just, to identify yourself properly. Wait, wait, wait. Who, wait, wait, who's, wait who's aunt was she? The, the husband or the wife? The husband. Phil, Phil's the asking the right questions. There's a, there's the the husband on. So, so the, wife, the wife is really like, what the hell? Like, she's a whole family now gonna look at her crazy. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I There's hope no that way the aunt is keeping this to herself. Listen, I'm going to tell you like this. I, the way I know the aunt, she has loose lips, so I wouldn't be surprised if his way. mom and other people I know. know. The wife, wife is never been looking at the same again. Never, never. All the, all the uncles are the looking all crazy. The, the, all crazy. And the mom and dad have to be a freak too. Freaks just all the male fall. cousins are looking at all crazy. Oh, 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 oh. No, 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 no. Hold on, stop. Hold freaks on, everyone. What, 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 what did you just say? What did you just say? Said, if a daughter and niece is a freak, the mama or the daddy or the grandma or the grandpa's a freak. <laughs> Freaks just don't fall from the tree by themselves, bro. Some somebody else grew on that same freak branch with her freak ass. Hold up, 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 cousin. Hold up, cousin. How do you hold up, cousin? How do you how do how you know that? Listen, because how do I know? How do you know that? See what happened, yo. Which direction did I want to go with answering that? Don't go in any direction right now. Yeah, my you know guy. What the first thought was we people that watch this show know your wife, know you. You better stop. No, no, no. That's fine. She can listen. She will listen. But I was thinking along the list of other folks, like who else is going to be hearing <laughs> oh, this? Folks, you went to church with. We, we can go through church host stories all day, bro. I give you, hold on. I give you a list of church host stories if you want to do I that. Don't, I don't, I, I don't think from the, the first lady to the the, the usher. I, which which one you want? I don't think I don't think Pastor Rashad Groves wants you to. Uh, oh, listen, <laughs> know those type of stories. Ladies and gentlemen, our friendship. We ended our friendship, my guy. I'm sorry. I couldn't. Can't can't handle no freaks. Can't handle no freaks in my inner circle. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, inner, the inner circle. Yeah. The inner circle. Yeah. The outer circle. Okay. Oh, Lord. Yes. We're back. Welcome, what's up, what's up, what is up? Back once again, it is the Incredible in the Black Podcast, here for season five. Thank you for joining us. Of course, I am your host, Big O, Mr. in the Black himself. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your Black world and covering it all from the uh, place of three grown-ass men who know that Wakanda is forever. But you know I can't do this alone. Uh, let me introduce the rest of uh No, you gonna fuck it up. Go ahead. We've been going too long. You, you. What you guys think tonight? Uh BTS. Let me introduce the rest of BTS. 
BTS. When, when, L, when L Googles that shit, he's going to be very disappointed. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Do I need to put incognito on this joint? <laughs> nah, man. See, unlike you, I don't. Unlike you, I try not to get you in trouble. But anyway, let me introduce the rest of BTS. Crush, say what's up, man. What's good, everybody? Yes, indeed. Boogie, say what's up, my guy. Oh, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all. Been in my damn inbox the other day. When y'all coming back? When y'all coming back? Ain't near one person hit me with a cash app. One person. <laughs> Not near, near one. Just, just, just one person. And appreciate you, brother. Thanks for looking out. <laughs> Stupid. And if you love content like this, please make sure to follow us across all social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, make sure that you hit that thumbs up button and make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next uh, video. Uh, but before we get into all of that, Boogie, please tell these good folks how they can become part of the family. Man. Hey, man. Uh, the best way to become a part of the family is to go to our website www.intheblackpodcast.com in the right hand corner is the become a that should say become a member of the family because become family is on some old black ebonic shit uh, but that's us so <laughs> click become family and you can find a host of different things there man there's ways to become a part of our patreon there's ways to buy the swag Black men are incredible. Melon is my superpower, even though Melon is not really a superpower. You can still buy the shirt. Why do you always have to be like that? <laughs> Every single time, you always got to be that. <laughs> or you can just donate <laughs> at VR Cash app, dollar sign in the Black Podcast, or directly to Elgin Bailey at dollar sign Elgin Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to that goofy ass. Either mother. way. <laughs> Either way, I'm under- yes, dude. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, indeed. Now we've been gone for a minute, but of course we have to come back with our black box letter. So this week's black box letter actually comes from Taj. Um, um read this. Yeah. Okay. Is yeah, and Taj? Taj writes. It's Taj. See, see. It's a new season. Supposed supposed to be that whole new year, new you thing. Come on, dog. Just let's just new year, same old me. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen 2020? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. The new guy from Layaway. Whatever. So Taj writes, what's going on, fellas? I hope you're all doing well during these crazy COVID season. Been digging the show for a minute and loved your episode with Professor Glaude. I see that you guys have been on hiatus, but I hope that you read this letter or this email when you get back. I'm 34 years old and I'm and three years ago, I married a wonderful woman who had a six-year-old son. He's now nine. I'm an avid news watcher and on many nights he sits with me and watches the news. A report about the riots in Kenosha came on and the shooting of Jacob Blake. He asked me a lot of questions from what happened to why are people rioting and why would the police shoot someone in the back and whose fault is it? Whose fault is it all that happened? Mm. Is it God's fault or is the people's fault or Mm. the person's fault? And to be honest with you, I was floored. I tried to answer the questions the best that I could, but I'm not certain how good of a job I did. So I want to know from you guys, how do you guys handle or go about addressing issues like this with your children? And does your approach change when you're talking to other children that may not be your own? 
You guys keep doing what you're doing. Big fan, Taj. So, who wants to uh, go first? Honestly, I couldn't speculate because I know my sister thinks, you know, her children are too young for me to talk about those things. Is that right? Yeah, I know for a fact she would think that they were too young for me to talk about that. Mm, kind of stuff. It's fascinating. Hmm. So you you wouldn't talk to your to I your... mean I, I I would, but I know my sister. Oh sure. Hmm. Interesting. I mean no disrespect to her at all, because I know Oh I know no, what, no, no, not I, at all. I, I, know no, what, I, I know what her aim is. No, we get it. So, but I bet, you know, know, while I would, I I couldn't stand where she'd be like, no, not yet. Hmm. Okay. (sighs) Outside of that, given, given your circumstances. Yeah. Right. Right. If they were your kids, would you, how would you do it? Or would you do it? Or would you wait until they were a little bit older or whatever the case is? I guess it would depend on the, uh, on the intensity of their curiosity. You know, um, if it's, I mean, I wouldn't want to dismiss any question they have for me. Um, but I would definitely want to try to get a gauge for you know how much they really want to know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to. I, I I do want to. Me, I want. I'd want to kind of spoon feed it half a teaspoon at a time to them. You right, know what I, I mean? What and, and, but if I feel a hunger for that knowledge, then we can. You know, I was like, let's go in. I can take it because because at one point I don't want to. I don't want to regard them as children that their minds are that active. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Go ahead, Al. Uh, you know me. I'm starting off right away. Uh, first words out of my mouth is, man, listen, fuck white people. Uh, they fucking everything up. But no, uh, we, were doing such, hold up, we, were doing such a, we were doing such a good job Language. last year trying to garner these new white <laughs> listeners. And you came into you came Tom into season five. You came into season five Kick like the door anybody can get it. <laughs> but no, honestly, uh, I have a six-year-old. I have a six-year-old daughter uh, yeah. who is beginning to see Black Lives Matter all over Cartoon Network, Disney Junior, yeah, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. all over everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. She's constantly asking me about Black Lives Matter. What does it mean? Uh, she has not seen the news because dad doesn't watch the news on TV. If I do watch it, it's usually on my phone or my, my iPad, something smaller where they're not able to see exactly what is taking place. But what have I shared with her? I have shared with her more of the historical angle of white supremacy. Uh, starting more dealing with slavery, the plantation, but we've been spending a whole lot of time talking about ancestors here lately. Uh, because is there a particular reason why you've taken that angle, or why you're doing that? Yeah, because we've I've begun to introduce her to a level of spirituality in our prayer mm. time. We talk about God and the ancestors, how they are intertwined, what they do, all those different types of things, how the ancestors are able to protect her, all those different types of things. And part of my own personal theology I'm bringing into her. So what she asked was, who are some of the ancestors, which opens up the door for me to talk about some of our great black ancestors. Uh, And then she'll ask what happened to them. But we, she has not no idea at all about George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, my own brother. She has no idea of because that part of the the situation is something I would not share with her. I'm 
I'm literally floored by what you just said there. Why? Specifically about your brother. Given the level of given your level of activeness in the streets and the sure. efforts that you're pushing forward mm -hmm. that you haven't spoken to her about that at all not yet not yet okay million, first, million, hold up million dollar question <clears throat> it's true. because you think that she's not ready or because you're not ready oh it's all me okay. it's all me it's a That's very fair. very uh it's i won't say selfish difficult decision but we're having a memorial service for my brother in november which will be the time that I actually have an open conversation with them about it. But it's not a weight that I want to put on them right now. She's in the school. So we talk about race. And before, I don't want to be too long with this, but we talk about race because she's on a Zoom. She's on a Zoom with in school, doing the whole Zoom bullshit. Right, right. So the question that I asked was the first day, uh, did you have a black teacher? No? Okay. Is your principal black? And these are all questions that I already know the answer to. But I'm painting a picture to her because it's something that I want her to see here. You know, then we run down the list of people who are in power in her school asking, are they particularly black? Interesting. And something interesting clicked in her mind when she got to the part where she says, no, but dad, the janitor is black. The lunch lady is black. And the conversation was over at that point for me. I didn't have to say anything to her to introduce any power dynamics. She saw it for herself at six. And she didn't, of course, say that's fucked up. But her you can see it in her face. It was just like, how come all these people who are in power positions are white, but the people who are doing the cleanup are black, dad? And so we begin to unpack that kind of conversation. But to answer Taj's question bruh it is all about age appropriateness not only age appropriateness but it is difficult enough for a black adults to carry the trauma of what we're seeing happen in the streets Yeah, I wouldn't want to give that to my child currently based off of what they're already dealing dealing with the pandemic and going back to school that's yeah. a lot so yeah. I would tell you to A stop letting your kid watch the news right now bruh uh, find a different way for you to introduce that topic to them and you want to be careful of the type of stuff that you feed into them at this age because not only the militancy aspect but them not being able to process their emotions as grown as black men we can't fucking do it difficulties doing it too yeah you're right a six year old nah bro they barely that. wiping their ass you want to introduce right this shit you're right about that uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say his son I mean, he's married, so I'm going to say his son at this point. His son is the same age as my youngest daughter. And um, not too long ago, and I think we had this discussion beforehand, that um, we had the talk with my son and with my daughter, uh, simply because I'm in a position much like Taj is in, man. I watch the news almost incessantly. I haven't done it as much recently, but... Uh, during the middle of the pandemic or the beginning i guess you could say of the pandemic i was in we would sit there at least for the last two hours before they went to bed and watch the news and it was around the time when george floyd's murder mm. had happened no and no so um of course i would never let my kids watch the video uh, but as we're watching the protests in the street 
my son kept asking me, dad, like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, what is, why are there so many people in the streets protesting George Floyd? Who's George Floyd? Um, and we watched the news. So I know that these, he knew who he was, right? Sure, it's not like, sure, I mean, but he's sure. trying to approach it in a way that we can have this conversation. And I explained the whole thing to him and he seemed to take it well as an 11 year old. Uh, but my youngest daughter, she was very, she was kind of flabbergasted at the fact that there are, and it's interesting to think because she's very independent. She's one of those kids that it's. She's like very, her mom, not like you. Go ahead. <laughs> this mother. <laughs> she's very independent. She doesn't really ask to meet people for much. Whatever she needs, she'll find it herself and she'll sit down and she can entertain herself and do what she needs to do. But. And she doesn't really seek people's approval, if you get what I'm saying. She's not really like, come searching. On, yeah. Come on, dude. We know. Shut that. Shut that. <laughs> but for this, for whatever reason, we're having this conversation, and she just couldn't fathom the idea that someone would immediately not like her just because of the way she looks, or what neighborhood she came from, or whatever yeah. those things are. They cannot rationalize that that aspect now. Recently, I was at a rally. I was out there protesting, giving a speech and all that. And the, the video was up on Facebook, yada, yada. And my daughter saw a glimpse of me holding a sign. And she asked, Daddy, what were you doing out there? Mm. And I didn't go into it. I was just like, baby, I'm, I'm out there making a better world for you and your sisters, man. That, that's all. And that's enough because I'm already Superman in her eyes. You dig what I'm saying? As a dad. So I don't need to go into the layers and trying to explain to her how white folks are going to hate you based off of seeing the color of your skin from a fucking distance. Right. Nah, that's too much. I No, nah, I'm not going to do that to her. That wouldn't be. All fair. right, let's take it. Let's take a step back because there's one of the questions that he said that this young man asked him that caught me off guard as well my kids have yet to ask me that question i don't know if it's because we're doing a good job or it just hasn't sparked on them yet no you're failing go ahead <laughs> you know when i see you in these streets it's gonna be rough it's gonna be rough boy but how do you explain to them about current circumstances happening to black people in america and what role god plays or doesn't play in that situation i think this is very, that's a very tough conversation to have and we might have to unpack it in its totality in another in another show but just just very on broad. a surface how how would you address it uh i would address it by saying you know what jalen that's my daughter's name jalen baby girl uh daddy's wrestling with that also mm. I am also struggling with that, sweetheart. It doesn't make sense to me either. So maybe we can kind of unpack this together as we develop and, and walk and talk to each other and kind of throw out ideas. But it grieves daddy also. I don't know how to answer that question for you. Because I'm not a, a parent who feels one. I have to have all the questions because I'm, you know, you have see, all the answers, right? I'm ignorant of shit 90% of the time. So I, you know, I just, uh, but really, I that's an honest place that I'm at in my life, honestly. So I would be able to say, listen, uh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Crush, what about you, man? How would you have that question, uh, have that conversation with your kid or even with your niece and nephew for that matter? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, would, it would have to be a, just an honest admission 
of uh, you know the, you know the limits of my capacity. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd be, I pretty much had the same answer as, as hell. You know, I I couldn't I, I you know I couldn't begin to understand uh, you know really why they really feel that way, and that's what I would express to them too. That you know I don't understand either. I'm trying to figure it out, and I like to understand what you know what you're getting from this from this world. All what you're getting from this world versus what I'm getting from. Mm-hmm. So in, in in a way, I I kind of asked them to, 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 to teach me what you're what, what you're seeing here, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, maybe get a new perspective and, uh, and take it from there. But I'll have to confess my ignorance. And does it bother say, you when you have these conversations with your kids or with your niece and nephew, man, that you don't have all the no. answers? Oh God, no! Oh, I God. think it's so empowering to me personally to be able to say uh, you don't know, to be able to say well, I don't know. Because what I try not to do, what I don't want to ever come across is parents to feed into that motif that parents are perfect, mm. <clears throat> that we have all the answers, that we, we, we don't make mistakes, anything like But what I do say is, hey, let's let's look at it together. Hey, Siri, hey, Alexis, whoever, whatever fucking chick we talking to on some electronic device. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this motherfucker. I mean, you know, I, I would definitely look at the look at the phrase "I don't know" as as, as a gateway to further. It's a door. It's a it's door. A door. So, yeah. So me saying, of course, me trying to make up something is doing them a disservice and giving them but some me, bullshit. Me, 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 me trying to candy coat it is doing what they've been doing to me from day one. In history class. So why would I, I do that it. to my black children? I can do. What would you do? Man, I, I, to be honest with you, man, just because I don't know, I, I would have to say I don't know. Yeah. Now, the problem is, how do we lead our children into either being patient or trying to steer them into getting solid information is not tainted by bias, if you get what I'm saying? And that's my only concern. For me to say I don't know to my kids and that hunger still be there, they're going to search it out from somewhere and just ensuring like that they're not poisoned, if you get what yeah. I mean, right? I mean, yeah, uh, that's something you can't control, though. Yeah, I, mean, I, know, I know, I know. I mean, the, the, the only thing, the only thing you can encourage, you know, is their intellect mm-hmm. to the point that they get sick of hearing about it. Yeah. But but they'll understand that daddy cares about my mind. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying that, 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 that's the most in that intellectual. Yeah. stuff that they're reading like, hey, this motherfucker was on point. They had a couple bestsellers, but damn, he did some <laughs> other bullshit too. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah, I mean, you know, foster that that truly discerning intellect. You know, I mean, yeah. Critical analysis, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can encourage that at least. You from there, to. from there, it's a gamble. Yeah. <laughs> as far yeah. as how their intellect is going to, you know, Manifest take their life. Yeah. They might grow up to be dumbasses, but hey, right now you can do the best. <laughs> A bunch of Al Bundy's and shit. <laughs> best you can do is try to help them out. Thank you, Taj, for writing, man. We really appreciate oh, you checking in and writing the letter, that man. Was heavy. No, no doubt. No fact, doubt it was. Taj for that heavy shit on the first show. Back. On the first John, on the first. No, no, shit. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And to show our appreciation to you, man. We ain't saying you shit, Taj. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> do, no, do. <laughs> to show our appreciation, Taj. We're gonna send you. I don't appreciate that. Right <laughs> 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 
Can I, can I finish saying Boy, thank hey. you to Taj? Oh, thank you, Taj. We're going to send you an In the Black Podcast t-shirt. And if you want to get your emails and comments shared on the show, of course, you can always message us on our Facebook page or you can email us at intheblackpodcast at gmail.com. L, why don't you take it over from here, man? Oh, man. This, the Rona been on some bullshit all year, bro. So we didn't know if there was going to be any sports. Uh, people who like sports were sitting back anticipating, trying to figure out how they were going to do. The NBA figured out a way to actually have competitive sporting games mm. in the bubble <laughs> in, in in Orlando. I mean, <laughs> because honestly, when the NBA put it on, we thought this was going to be some bullshit. Like, honestly, in the bubble, like, how y'all going to do this? But they've had actually been able to have some really – entertaining games where you had a lot of breaking oh, stars. Really? Uh, Dame has been, was killing it. Mitchell and these young brothers, Murray, have been balling down in Orlando. Uh, but in the midst of the Rona, in the bubble, we had another fucking situation with the police where we had the brother Jacob Blake who was shot in the back seven times. Um, that took place close to where the Milwaukee Bucks have their home arena. So because of that, along with Breonna Taylor, Elijah McClain, George Floyd, and we can run down the list, there was a lot of anger and frustration from many of the NBA players. So the Milwaukee Bucks, who, again, are close to Kenosha, Wisconsin. About 40 miles out decided that they were not going to play an NBA basketball, NBA playoff basketball game against Orlando Magic. So they just made a decision. We're not doing it. They didn't make the decision by consulting the NBA Players Association. They didn't make the decision consulting fucking LeBron James, uh, Tito Jackson, <laughs> President Obama, nobody. They didn't even tell the damn Orlando they Magic who was supposed to be playing. They didn't tell the Magic. They went for self. Yeah, like, they went hard. They went hard. And I thought that was one of the greatest, most courageous acts I've seen young brothers make in a long time to do that because it was an incredible sacrifice that they made. But it had a myriad of backlash. Uh, It turned into a huge, a very contentious situation amongst NBA players. There was a whole lot of backbiting, a lot of egos. (laughs) LeBron, who uh, felt some type of way because they were not leading the charge with this. Hold up. I thought that was your man's 50 grand. No, I like LeBron as an NBA player. To me, he is the GOAT. Uh, we won't go in that conversation right now. Nah, but no, we're not. As a activist, social dude, he's working too hard trying to be Ali. He can't be. But it turned Let's keep it a buck, man. I mean, I have go my, ahead, man. Go ahead. Uh, it turned. It was a very powerful statement. Dumb boycotting that particular playoff game. Yep. Very powerful. And many of us were sitting on the edge of our seats anticipating the next move, what this could have become because these players were in a power position with this move. They held power in their hand by making that decision. But within 24 motherfucking hours, it all stopped. You know what's funny, man? All jokes aside, uh, I think when the news broke, uh, we were like, okay, 
we got to try. I know we're on hiatus right now, but we got to make sure we got something to come out. So my man L puts together a video. <laughs> and I think by the time the video hits, <laughs> hits the social media, they was already like, all right, we coming back. We go back to work tomorrow. We go back to work. I was like, damn, let my shit marinate for like five more hours, bro. Wait for hours. Bro, was, I don't even know if it was a full 24 hours, my guy. <laughs> it was crazy, man. It was crazy. And we're I'm, we're laughing at it now, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. Part of the conversation, for me at least, is at least the top-level question that we need to ask is what do we expect of these young men, these athletes? Especially, what do we expect of them that we don't expect from people that actually control and create policy? In America to affect the change that they're looking for. Um, I think that it was a blown opportunity as well. I can't chastise them. I'm not going to give them a hard time about what they did. Uh, they're in a good place because they have guaranteed money, but at the same time, I think that it was an opportunity that they had that could have forced people to the position or to the table where they wanted. Now, that's not to say that small, th- excuse me, that's not to say that things didn't happen because they were able to meet with the lieutenant governor and the governor of Wisconsin and get some things working, get some things in motion. But like I said, how is that enough? That's something for individual folks to say if it's enough or not. But no. once again, it goes back to my initial point. What are we expecting of these young men that we don't expect of politicians, especially politicians that have been in these positions for years and decades even, and there hasn't been movement or change. I'll give you a, a quick statistic. They say that uh, Congress right now has a between 16 and 20% approval rating with the American people. Yeah. Okay. So Congress, I think it's a little bit lower than that, but basically Congress is trash in the eyes of most Americans, right? Mm-hmm. But when you ask these people about their particular representatives, the approval rating goes from that 15, 20% to anywhere to like 70 and above. So, and these are the same people that are keeping you hindered from some of the changes that you've been requesting. So that's why I say in terms of policy and what they're able to do, actually, what are we expecting from these athletes? And I think that's a big question that we need to ask ourselves anytime we see movements like this arise in sports it's like okay what are we actually expecting from them i think that's a fair question to ask so i I think folks uh i think within the black collective there is a heavy emphasis or a heavy comparison and thought that wealth equals knowledge and desire to fight for black change. I give you that. So we think, or many of us believe that black celebrities, black athletes, part of their rise to stardom has been their understanding of all thing black, that they understand how white supremacy, because when they don't move in the manner that we think they should move, What's the first thing we call into question? Yeah, their blackness. Their blackness. So there has to be a correlation. It has to be you assume that they know it all about blackness in order for you to call it into question. 
Like we have this idea that everyone is just intellectually on the same page with an understanding of how this shit is working and navigating. So we see LeBron laying on the fucking floor reading the the first two pages of Malcolm X's autobiography. Yeah, and all of a sudden yeah. we want to ascend this dude. Salivating over the fact that he's again, so black. To yeah. be fair to these players, this is a moment unlike we've ever seen before in life. We've never seen this type of move with people being out on the streets, rebellion in the for, in the manner that we've seen since the 60s. So well, we, you, you know what? Even to say that, as you're saying that, right? I think that we forget or have a uh, put a rosier tint on history than sometimes things happen, yeah. right? If you remember the summit, the summit that happened, yes. Jim Brown, uh, uh, Bruh. Uh, oh. Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Don't forget, Ali's agent, when he said that he wasn't going to go to the Vietnam War, be drafted, Ali's agent is the one that called all of these folks. Oh, and when weird. they approached him, they approached him from the stance of, come on, dog, why are you rocking the boat? You just go, just go, get on the boat, go to Vietnam, do what you need to do, and come back. You know you're not going to be in harm's way. This is all you know, fluff and circumstance and all that. It wasn't until they sat down and talked to Ali and saw what his stance was that they now then got on board with him and said, now nah, we behind him and we understand why he's not going to Vietnam and we support him too. So it's not as though everybody was all black power fist the entire time. Some people had to be cajoled and pulled and convinced that these were the right things to do. Now I'm ask Phil, man, what do you think in regards to what our expectations are for the athletes that we put on these pedestals. Should we be asking them to be our civil rights leaders or should we just expect them just to play the game and be um, happy that they do whatever they do? Often, more often than not, you know, the first impression that these entertainers give you is the one that we're gonna get forever. You know, um, usually there's some hint of their intellectual aspirations sprinkled through their actions. And you, so you, so you gotta prepare for them to make bold statements. But in general, you know, the idea that you know we have to protect that a lot of these you know successful black people have protected their blackness so far, I think uh, only goes so far. Uh, I think there's a fair number of black people that have completely forsaken their blackness for their success. Oh God, yes. Um, and they did it um happily, mm. with, with and with vigor. Um, so. You know, you can, and the hard thing, the hard thing is you can't tell because we realize that we all look, we look, we look, we all look the same to their bosses. Sure. Mm. Um, the Democratic Party, go ahead. So, so. <laughs> ra, ra, ra. <laughs> Thank you, L. Thank you. Every single time. I do not mean to beat around the bush about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I do not mean you know, you people because there's certain people that's going to hear that statement and be like, This motherfucker, vote for Trump. Hey, man, we, hey, we all motherfuckers. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, like Elle's right, you know, we can't, you know, we, 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 you know, a lot of black people here, we have a, we have a warped sense of what uh wealth uh brings us, uh, and, and we, we don't, we never think deeply on what the nature of that wealth actually is, or, or even if it's actually wealth at all. So there's yeah. very there's a big difference between being wealthy and being rich. Yeah. We know plenty of rich black people, but only have a handful. What eight or five uh, wealthy black people? Yeah. Um. So my expectations of uh, players in this regard, unless their impression, their unless their first impressions 
uh, of their stances, like uh, like our man in the, oh, good Lord, see, I'm not a sports head. My man uh, in football, he made he made it clear. Cap. <laughs> oh, Kaepernick. Kaepernick and, and uh and uh and homie, <laughs> but uh, uh uh yeah uh, they made, they make it, make it clear uh, they don't make it clear that I don't expect much from them. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And if you do if you do take a stance, then you know um I don't I won't be surprised if the if, if that stance crumbles either. You know, but if, if, if you're truly about the movement, then uh, by all means, be be ready to make the sacrifices necessary. Yeah. There's always hopefully, hopefully sacrifices that you know last longer than the usual work day. Exactly. There's always been a was, class. That a, was that a shot too at the 24 hour <laughs> It's always been a class division <laughs> in the black collective. There's there's always been the black bourgeoisie, the the black middle class. There's always been this disconnect between blacks based off of class within our community. And it's not just us who have this issue, yeah, but because we're the ones who are most oppressed by white supremacy. That particular division is always highlighted. And many of these black celebrities and black bourgeoisie and black middle-class folks who advocate for black rights are incrementalists. And what an incrementalist basically is, mm. someone who is looking to make progress just by doing small little bits. Around the margins, making work around, around the, margins. the margins. And why they do it around the margins? Because they can continue to protect their bottom line. So who's an incrementalist? <clears throat> LeBron James would be an incrementalist. Why would you? <laughs> because you can set all of your hate to Elgin Bailey at Twitter and on Instagram, motherfucker. Listen, let's keep all the other. And you know, LeBron has a hive like 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 uh, Beyonce's joint. Uh, I'm about to burn up another hive. One of your <laughs> favorite people that ever walked the earth, President Barack Obama, also an incrementalist. Yeah. These are people who are looking to make strides for Black people, usually pushing respectability politics, usually pushing voting as the number one step to get us out of the situation that we're in. So when you think of LeBron, that's what he does. He promotes and pushes education. No one on this panel is anti-education. We all are pro-education, pro-reading, want our kids to be successful. Yes. Phil's wife is an educator long time. We believe in education, but what we don't believe is education is the key to get us out of the current plight that we're in. It will be helpful in getting us it's out. It's a building block. It's a building block. But our yeah. incrementalists will use education as the key. They're bootstrappers. Yeah. So, in the midst of this meeting with the NBA, incrementalists took over this particular meeting and decided to call President Barack Obama on the phone and Michael Jordan to get information on how they can get their needs met and get their wishes and desires pushed through. So what did these Negroes come up with? These Negroes came up with more social justice programs. Literally, they came up with three things. More social justice initiatives, because we need more of those. And the big one was for these NBA players, these NBA owners to open up their arenas to have voting stations. Now, again, we ain't against voting. We think voting is good. Voting's not the motherfucking answer. It's part of getting us out. But here's what they could have did with those owners, and I'll be done. They could have had a conversation with these owners who are in cahoots with the Republican Party, who are donating millions of dollars to Donald Trump's campaign, 
who are giving millions of dollars to the fraternal order of police. Motherfucker, the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, after a black person got killed in Milwaukee, donated a million dollars to the fraternal order of police during an NBA game. Like, if we really want to get to the foundation and the, the actual roots of this shit, you got to be able to start holding people in power accountable. And how do you use that? You use your power by saying, you know what? If we ain't going to play this fucking playoff game, we might as well take a couple more off. Shit. Y'all yell at Kelly get arrested. You got to affect their bottom yeah. line. Yeah. You got to affect yeah. their bottom line. Yeah. got to affect their bottom line. Because when they, don't, when they don't play, it's a domino effect on uh, at least. And you see what that you see what that protest did though. The economy. You see what that protest did though. Because a lot of other a lot of other leagues started taking notice, and they were they were mauling over whether or not they were going to play the season or boycott or excuse me, not boycott. Well, I guess ghetto, I guess might be the right word, protest, whatever you want to call it, in regards to their season or regards to certain games during the season. So like I said, I mean, we look at it from a perspective of what do we expect, but at the same time, given the magnitude and where we are in history right now, and yeah. now that we really do have the attention of an overwhelming majority of Americans, now would have probably been the perfect time to just be like... And to be yeah. clear, we're not angry with the players who did this. Not even a little bit. Not even a little, a little bit. Salute to these brothers. and Man, listen, fuck the brothers, by the way. The WNBA? Yeah, they've been doing it. They go hard. Yeah, they, they go, go hard. hard. They're going hard. They go hard. They I gotta give it to them. Showing up to a ring. Who was who was it? What's the Milwaukee team? I forget. I apologize that I don't remember the name of the uh, WNBA team in Milwaukee. But but came to the came to the arena with t-shirts that had seven had shots seven in the back. The entire team. Teams boycotting their teams boycotting their owners who are running owners, for political bro. office. Saying that now nah, we can't, we don't get behind this man. Like, there, if anybody's going hard, they're going hard. And not to mention, and we we would be remiss if we didn't mention this, the fact that they don't have the political, excuse me, the financial stake, the economic stake, the economic stake that the men Ooh. have, and they're still putting forward that type of agenda. And making says, a sacrifice says a lot. You know what? My my my, my wife would uh, chime in right now and just say, you know what? Black women do everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna I'm argue not with that, argue. and I'm sure. I'm sure it's not gonna argue with your wife. I don't need. I don't need that type of juju in my life, my guy. Your wife, O's wife, my wife. Nah, nah. I don't, don't need that. Don't need that type of stress in my life. Ever since that meme with that woman pitching out that pigeon out the train. Oh, oh my god, that was it. No doubt. All right, so Phil, I think now was the time for us to get into it, and I think. uh It'll be a good way to close out the show. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Let's go ahead and do it. Yes. Well, you know, the start of season five. Um, you know, unfortunately, we uh, have to end on a rather uh, unfortunate and tragic note. Um, as the world knows, and we, of course, we will be again. As, as, uh, um, Odin said, we'll be remiss to not know the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman. Um, Actor, uh, activist, uh, uh, artist, singer, inspirational, um, rapper, for a little while, <laughs> right? No book. And uh, and uh, and uh, you know, a thespian with connections um, to the uh, to the DMV scene, um, and then Howard, oh, yeah. and, and, and a proud, a proud HU Bison. 
um, you know, uh, and uh, this was uh, this was uh, by far one of the most um, uh, stunning and uh, just uh, astonishing uh, blows to our culture, to our people, to um, to uh, to uh, to all of our hearts uh, for a brother that clearly gave more than we all than, than any of us could imagine yeah. to uh, to uh, to not just act but to, uh, but to perform with purpose you know yeah. these weren't these weren't hangover two and three and, and some 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 nonsense the brother chose roles where he wasn't he didn't care about box office he wanted he wanted history to be documented on on these great on these great people yeah yeah and um yeah but please go ahead yeah, so as as Phil's already alluded to, last Friday, Chadwick Boseman passed after his four-year-long battle with uh, colon cancer. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure that we try and explain this or try to give you as much information as possible so that you can understand where this is and where we're coming from in this whole ordeal. Um, a hundred, almost 150,000 people in a year will be diagnosed with colorectal cancer. Um, of that 150,000 that will be diagnosed, the a majority or a small majority are going to be men, um, specifically rectal cancer. Um, within that, unfortunately, um, the overwhelming, at least as of the past six, six to between six, six and ten years. Six to ten years. Yeah. The numbers have been a little skewed and a little odd. So what I mean by that is that a recent study from 2006 to 2016 has said that the number of diagnosis in folks of the age of 55 and older with colon cancer or colorectal cancer has gone down by about 4%. Meanwhile, it has increased 3% within mm -hmm. that same time span for those folks that are 55 and younger. Now here's where it makes black sense, I guess. Within that number, the number of black people getting colorectal cancer has increased. Not only has it increased, but that when someone gets it, when a black person gets it, unfortunately, at least from studies, it says that it's more aggressive. Not only is it more aggressive, but the mortality rate is a lot higher. So what does that mean? It means a lot more people now are dying from colorectal cancer than black people are dying from colorectal cancer than at any time before. So much are dying from that fact that doctors, studies are showing that maybe we should start now testing for it earlier. Because typically it wouldn't be until you're about 50 or so that you get That's your correct. test. That's correct. That's correct. But now they're saying maybe we need to start doing it at 40. age 40, 45. I've heard about that. I've heard about that. So, um, I think outside of that, the medical health portion of it being such a big thing, I think it goes hand in hand with this young man. I know he's 43 years old, but that's still young dying of it in silence. No one knew he was battling this, not even, not even his, his closest friends didn't know. Executives at Disney didn't know as he's making film after film after Marvel, film. Marvel didn't know. Kevin yep. Feige, I know. No one knew that he was doing this. And unfortunately, some of the statistics or doctors also say 
that that is probably one of the is one of the contributing factors to folks allowing this disease to progress and ultimately having people die. Why do I say that? Because folks are so embarrassed about the procedure or about what could come from the procedure, a colonoscopy, that they don't go for a check. And even if they find out, they don't follow the proper procedures to try and get that squared away. If you're going to open up that can, you might as well go ahead right down that lane, bro. Go ahead, hang and do out for for a little bit because no, Henry, it's it's the I've never had one. Okay, that's not what I have done. Now, is it one scheduled? Yes, is one scheduled actually before Chadwick passed away. So that was already something for me in my next visit to the doctor. Just just part of my general health, but we have to unpack some of the thoughts and reasons and stereotypes behind getting a colonoscopy, particularly within the black community. There is a stigma, a stereotype, a mentality, an ideology, whatever you want to call it, surrounding black men having anything close to their anal area. It's there. It's there. It's, it's there, and I, 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 we can't bullshit about it because we right. have a mentality around it. It's, it's not even necessarily to the – I won't go to the extreme to say if we avoid it because we don't think – we don't want to be looked at as gay. I don't want to think it's that extreme. Yeah, I don't think but it's I, that I don't extreme, think it's right. that far. But there's something within our mental masculine minds to get us to think that we can't have something happen – to or even get our butts checked out like that's a real thing amongst black men i hear it all the time i've heard it time and time again i don't know how deep that mentality plays to the point where it, it keeps us from getting tested i'm just going to keep it a bucket and i would say that that mentality does exist it's there yeah um i'll be i'll be honest i had my first test this year and, and it's uh, not even the fact of, and you're not, and when, Phil, we putting your business out in the street, but you're not even fifty yet. So that I mean that that says a lot that you've taken that into consideration. That you thought that now um, would be the time for you to do it. No, I I definitely blame it on a Haitian wife. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Was, but doctors that. now, <laughs> doctors are telling you that you don't need to have the test yet. They're saying. Mm, that based yeah, off that's of you, that's another can of worms. Maybe, okay, maybe within the past few years that's changed because, like I said, the studies are showing that now some doctors are saying you need to get it done early, specifically because they're seeing they're seeing folks like me and you dropping dead from it a lot more than they were dropping dead from it five, ten years ago. That's right. We'll be there's fair to doctors at this point. Something, something's changed. Yeah, hopefully something's changed. But doctors yeah. still, that's a whole nother. Right. You know what's funny? And all jokes aside, man, I was scheduled for a colonoscopy and an endoscopy at the beginning of the pandemic. But because of, you know, the pandemic, they closed down all these non-emergency yeah, yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. So yeah. so that's something that we all need to. Your ass is not essential. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. You're here, here every we're here three days for the rest of the week. But um bump, no, but this, uh, this this is definitely something that uh, we have to uh, really take seriously if we want to take control of our health and our health issues in this country. 
Um, you know, there's a, there's definitely something that, you know, we definitely, uh, there's a scientific issue. There's a dilemma that needs to be uh, um, peeled back here. And I hope, I hope there's some serious research taking place um, as I turn gray. Why are the rates so high guys, amongst All jokes black aside, men? Man, question for you guys. Did you actually think, because this, this passing has affected people across the board. Yeah. You've seen all types of people from politicians to athletes to activists, everybody really mm -hmm. getting emotional about this passing. Did you think that his death would be this impactful or this, maybe because any death is really impactful like or like, Actually, I don't know, man. I think bro, I don't know. Maybe the circumstances bro, around him. Did you, bro, did you see the, that vibe, the vibe back in 2018, seeing those children? After, yeah, after Black Panther. I Panthers, am not. Yeah. I am not shocked at all. I see that it haven't. Why it would have such an impact on Black folks, particularly because of Black Panther, the movie. Yeah, uh, that movie was such a revolutionary type of movie because it it introduced afrofuturism to the yes, masses the mainstream, yeah. Yeah. it yeah. gave yeah. us the idea now you've seen things birthed from that lovecraft country you see yeah. that that same type of gritty type of thing but i think the one thing that blew me away i i didn't realize how dope a fucking career he had Right until you start, until you, until saw you start seeing start popping up. Because I was like, "Damn, he was in that." Yeah. Oh yeah. shit, he did play him yeah. too. Because yeah. my man played every positive Negro you right, can think right. about. We used to joke Obama, all the time like, is that this dude was going to get picked for every black role. In, in, and he in killed it though. Yeah. Everyone he played, he did a fence. Yeah. When he did yeah. James Brown, bro, that's my favorite joint. I mean, not the Jackie Robinson joint, but when he did like James that. Brown, that was when he did James Brown. Yeah. I was like, this dude is it, is, became is it, James Brown. Yeah, his yeah. agent just made a statement saying that you know this was definitely by design. You know, uh, Chadwick, you know, want, he, he chose roles with purpose. He was Denzel. And, and he, he was a young Denzel. He's turned yeah. down a rack of bullshit. Yeah, I can imagine. And, you know, the, imagine. some liquor company stepped to him right after Black Panther blew up, and they were like, and he was like, "Are you kidding?" He's going to sell Saint Ives. Are you kidding? You know, I, no, they didn't say which company it was, but if it was Saint Ives, <laughs> that would have been spectacular. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he 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 he, uh, he was an artist for purpose. What do you think about this whole suffering in silence thing? And I only I, I don't think he suffered. I don't think he suffered in silence. Oh, I re okay. I reject that idea. Okay, that he okay. suffered in that's, silence. That's fair. That's fair. I think. What do you think about not allowing others into your? And we just had this conversation off air. Before, I right? want more celebrities to do what Chadwick Boseman did. But we just had this conversation about letting folks from outside or that are in your peripheral inner circle. I use. I use on, we just had this conversation. I use celebrity intentionally, bro. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the reason why I use celebrity intentionally because everything in their life is already underneath the spotlight. Understood. Like That's everything good. already is underneath the spotlight. They don't have a moment to just be themselves. And, and I think that's the part that speaks louder to me was the fact that even in his sickness unto death, that silence was something that he felt was so important because even when he showed the picture, the picture came out, what, a couple of months ago, the picture showed up yeah, on the internet? Yeah, it was last year that it came it was, out. He was skinnier than usual. Yeah, and, and people gave it to him. we 
out his ass. What I want y'all motherfuckers to know that after y'all did that, hell nah, bro. I'm nah, good. Nah. But you know what's funny? I mean, I won't say that it's funny because even when yeah, he we did, know what you mean. Sure. Even when he did the movie Five Bloods, right? Apparently, the guy's name is uh Peter Clark. Love him. One of, one yes. of the actors yeah, who was on the wire. Yeah, bro. All that. I saw the interview. I saw the clip. I saw so his, made you know, his cry. His, his wife asked him, "Hey." What's up with Chad with Bogesman? I love the dude. I think he's awesome. What is he like in person? He's like, I think he's a little precious. Little he's like, precious. what do you mean by that? He, he's he like, well, precious. you know, all during the, the cut scenes or whatever, when yeah. we take our break, he was getting massages and all this other stuff. And anyone that's gone through cancer therapy or has family that's gone through it knows about the blood clotting and all and the weakness that leaves you. It's yeah. purely you taking poison in your body for an hour to an hour plus to try and kill this 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 ailment. Yeah, yeah. And it's necessary. So and he said he thought about it afterwards and thinking like if I had only known how I would have approached it. And I think that that's a growing moment. I think this in itself is a growing moment for a lot of us because from the stand, from the standpoint that I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't chastise the dude, but I saw the picture too and the first thing I thought was on this Damn. Show. Yeah, like not that he's on it, but I was like, something's up. Yeah. Maybe he's sick, but I'm just gonna assume that he's sick because I've never heard the story well, of him doing sure. other stuff before. I wanted you to share that part. How we should be a little bit more gracious towards. I mean, being gracious towards black folks, man. Just oh, black yeah. folks being gracious towards one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Same, same, same thing. Just being more gracious. Yeah, we, we, need, we need a black gracious challenge right now. Damn, bro. Yeah. You know, there's a clip that got me, that really, really got me the other day that I saw of him. And I'm trying not to get emotional thinking about it because in the clip, he got emotional too, man. It was very powerful. He was talking. I'm not going to Denzel here, but it was, it was, it really got me because he was talking about doing Black Panther. And how he was talking to the family of two young kids <sighs> that had cancer, and how their parents told them that they were holding on and the, so yeah. that they could watch the film, and that they both passed away before, before the film came out. And he yeah. started to cry. And I saw that clip at that time, thinking, wow, that's emotional. That's powerful that's painful you look back in hindsight you thinking he's battling this thing himself four years still pumping out movies stage three stage three bruh multiple surgeries countless hours bruh stage three now we get working stage four but he's making movies physically demanding and the five bloods yeah. And you know what? Part of it was that you can see it now. You, if you look back at it now, you're like, okay, that's the reason why he decided to put on so much weight for Black Panther. Yeah. To try and. But you know yeah. how physically demanding that movie was? Yeah. Yeah. Not even just Black Panther, but just to do any movie or recording. Any movie? If you've like, been on a video, if you've been on a video shoot, that shit is tiring. Oh, my man. Being James Brown? Oh, Lord. I, I can't even imagine, to be very right. honest with you. I can't even imagine what he went through or what his family's going through now, given all the circumstances, man. But. but I think this family, I think his family is grieving, but I think there's a level of peace that they're experiencing right now. Why do you say that? Uh, because he got a chance to die at home, 
His wife was beside him. His family was around him. He got. He must have been very, very close, man, because he got married under darkness too. Nobody even knew the dude had even gotten married I, like that. I think as a celebrity, bro. They, they got married. They got yeah. married right before y'all. Yeah. But I think it was beautiful. I, I think that part of the story was beautiful to be able to transition at home with your family in that moment, and they've been through you with you throughout the process of you fighting. I think that right there, there's some beauty in there, some peace in there. Listen, before we close it out, man, can you imagine that his closest circle knew that he was fighting cancer for four years and not one of them said anything to anybody? You know how much respect you got to have for that dude? To My circle? I can't, I can't even spend <laughs> Man, don't even get Bro, me started, you, can you know, Can you not see? You know how, you know how grind- Is your circle that tight? Yeah, I, I like to think so. But, oh, okay, I'm, you'd I'm, like I'm, to think so. <laughs> at the same time, like I know how grimy this industry is, right? That's true. And, and I, I'll tell you right now, there's definitely people who probably suspected something, right? And they start asking around, even threw some money around. Because you know TMZ will pay for that info. Yeah. Do you know how much money they call for, for information like that? Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of dollars on the spot, and nobody said a word. Man. Nobody said a word for four years. That's family. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. They probably turned down at least half a million. I wouldn't doubt it. That doesn't sound far fetched at all. All right, uh, right about hey, now. Strong, just you know, like bro. If somebody give me uh, thirty five dollars and a bucket of chicken and a bottle of apple crown, tell them motherfuckers everything about you. I'm glad we're on the same page because all they got to do is offer me a Lunchable and you you on the table. I mean, it's a Lunchable? Give me a, even a, lunch, a Lunchable, a, motherfucker. I feel all the old bodies. That's four crackers is three pieces of bologna. You can get and processed cheese, motherfucker. <laughs> and a Capri Sun. <laughs> your, ass ain't worth, your ass is worth a Capri Sun and a couple stale crackers, my guy. I want Crown Royal. Damn, I mean. And it was apple. I do for three homemade Twinkies. <laughs> my man said a homemade Twink. I hate all y'all. You stupid. Yes, right about now is the time when we'd like to take a step back and take a look into the week or give you words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. So, Crush, what's up, man? Man, um, I just want to, you know, send a, you know, send a shout out to Disney for uh, giving me a, you know, a decent date night this Friday with Mulan. Yo. Um, <laughs> um, and also, uh, I got okay. to salute, okay. uh, got to salute the brother Nas for <laughs> getting it together somewhat. 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 You know what I'm like I'm not, I'm not. I mean, listening to the album. A few more times. I'm, like, really I'm biased. There's nothing that Nas puts out that I don't think is awesome, man. So I mean, I mean, no. Well, I know. I know. Rationally, I know, but I'm just saying. Bro, 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 check it out. There's no reason. There's no reason Fabio Foreign should be anywhere near that album. Ever. Ever. Uh, frankly, it should be near a microphone. Ever. I don't know. I can see why that was chosen as a bonus track because Nas didn't hear that verse until that song was done. I was like, hold up, brother. I just said a whole album big enough women, man. What the hell is this? Thing? Yeah, what you doing? Yeah, no bullshit. Oh, but um, yeah, big up to Nas for King's Disease. And uh, yeah, let's keep it going. Oh, and there's gonna be a rack of new stuff tomorrow. Earl sweatshirt. Mm. Yeah, everything. It's gonna be, it's gonna be wonderful tomorrow. 
The boys is coming out tomorrow. It's gonna be, it's gonna yeah, be awesome. yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be done that shit Sunday night. Boogie, what's up, man? <laughs> oh, man. Um, just keep wiping your ass and wash your hands. <laughs> it's motherfucking. Get your ass checked. Yeah, get your get your, Thank you, Phil. Let's bring it in circle. Get your ass checked. Get your get your ass checked. We got to save my brothers, man. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, uh, what's up for me this week, man? I just want to shout out a book that my my younger shout out to my younger sister who put me onto the book uh, called "Cry Like a Man" uh, by okay. Jason Wilson. Uh, it's an actually fantastic book about oh, this motherfucker. About about what? Oh, your thought. You you see you see what you see what I'm dealing with. This is this is this is what the light skin union does. Even in season five, this is what we doing. Okay, okay, Stony Jackson, I got you. five percent. It's about it's about black men in the 21st century and how we look at masculinity and specifically how we talk to our young boys about what masculinity looks like. Some of you guys may be familiar with Jason Wilson. His videos are all over Facebook. He's a uh, martial arts practitioner and a public uh, speaker. Oh, yeah. And you've seen him. Yeah. This is where he's teaching these young boys. Uh, you know, and he's walking, he's talking these young boys through their struggles and even their fathers through their struggles and their issues. So if you have an opportunity, like I said, uh, cry like a man, you should get the book. It's a very, very powerful book. Very, very powerful book. It was, it don't listen to what the fuck I'm talking about. It is worth reading. Never listen to what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you to wash your ass and wipe your hands. I mean, and, and get your ass checked out. Get your ass checked out. Crush, where can people find you if they want to find you, man? Man, check me out on Instagram for the most part at the Armage Crush with a K or an SB Methods. I have a few records out on Spotify. Uh, you know, look me up on the SB Methods and uh, enjoy. No doubt. Boogie, where can people find you, man? I'm going to give them everything. Uh, my email address is Norlin E. Bailey at gmail.com. <laughs> Say, bypass O. Send your hate mail right to your boy. <laughs> give, uh, give O's inbox a break. A break right? for once, nigga. <laughs> people send your emails to me. I, I'll, I'll delete your shit too, but just send it to me. <laughs> But also, man, you can find me everywhere, man. At holler at me, man. No doubt. And I'm big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore in the black. And I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. If you enjoy content like this where we can talk truth, have a little fun while doing it, please yeah, make yeah, sure please. to check us out and, and have your weekly check into the culture. Please go ahead and share this, subscribe, follow, like, social, and follow yeah, us across social media at In The Black PST, across all social all media platforms. Right. Uh, but until next time, as usual, informed, intelligent, In, in The, the black. black. Peace. Mm. This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. Black, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I like y'all. Fred, what up?
Your brother black up me, Bertrand. Listen. In the black podcast, like your lad, it's all facts. He don't like that, the fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't raw, the whole whack. It falls, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Resting them my excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up he, bro, man, a specialist. No what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like said, they're my cheat. Who no do it so effortless? I listen, them I learn, man, them listen, them I benefit. Reporting, current event, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, a scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts, bringing them to your residence. In your house or your tenement, listen to hear intelligence. Body filled with melanin, power that's so unsettling. Bright in the stars, bringing some light back to the desolate. In the black podcast, that your lad is all facts. You don't like that, the fuck back. In the black podcast, they fucked up. Who looks like watch black up here, chat me down. In the black podcast, that your lad is all facts. You don't like that, the fuck back. In the black podcast, we all lost. They will let them count, not let them count. Just like that, though. Yeah, man, that's so bad. Black himself. What up, DJ? This is. This is. This is.